I have these friends, Dan and Sheila. I actually they're podcast hosts. Welcome to Profiling Criminal Minds. I'm Dan. And I'm Dr. Redmond. And oh my god, we are back for more uh cop rock. And I will say about these three episodes. Uh and it's like I kind of feel sorry for the guy. I I'm finding out why uh I had forgotten Paul McCrane was on this show. Like, does he have any scenes in these three episodes? Hardly. I, I was wondering about that myself. I'm is going... he? He's there in the opening credits of every episode. He's there, you know, at the at the the recording well, of the theme song. Floating. He's right there. But it's like he floats in the background periodically. Yeah, he floats in the background. He he tutored somebody on healthy eating. He had the whole plot line with Gina Gershon, and now we get three episodes that he's just not in. Yeah. Uh, I feel a little sorry for the guy. All right, so, but, and this is the important part, let's get right into it with a way that this episode starts, uh, which is part of why I think this show is so unique and why it ends up being such a good, like, thing for us to cover. And I'm going to say this is weird. I almost feel like this should have been covered under style section and not uh, profiling criminal minds. Well, that means I, well, I no, we're not should... relabeling it. It's fine. I'm just, I'm making say... that point because this show has a very ambivalent view of cops. Yes. And the system of justice and, you know, the city as a whole, this is not a pro-cop show. Not by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. Right? Because uh, it's, again, I like I keep saying that I just watched all of NYPD Blue. And I did. It took me a couple of months, but I watched all of NYPD Blue. And again, it's a very complicated view of cops, but fundamentally, NYPD Blue, for as suspicious as it is of cops and how many evil cops there are in the show, and there's a lot, and however much it has no interest in, like, the politics of policing... At its core, this is a show set in a world where awful things are constantly happening and you need, you know, heroic knights to deal with that. And it's like, and so it's an honorable thing being a cop and it's, and you can be a right guy if you're a cop and blah, 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 and all of the hagiography of cops. But it's like in a system where it's weird that they all still feel this way when we're in a system where most cops seem to be lazy or evil. Right. Well, and if they're not evil, they're kind of indifferent in following the. Yeah, they're just like they're they're just there to check a box. They're just there to put in there seven hours a day and pick up a check and go home. And it's like most of the characters don't understand how being a cop is a calling the way Andy does. You know. Well, yeah, that 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 being a cop is a calling, like nursing used to be a calling, rather yeah, than like the pre. Honestly. I would yeah. say closest to the priesthood, the way they're treated in this show. Yeah. You know, but with all of the institutional problems that that Of the Catholic Church, exactly. Uh, but it's, it's just so weird. Whereas this show, this episode opens with something that is like, have you ever seen this in a cop show? I don't think so, no. A scene Not of cops just rousting homeless people and wrecking their stuff and telling them to move and saying, we don't care where you go, but you can't stay here. Yeah. And the thing is, if you think about it, this action right here is close. This scene we see here is, I'm not going to say it's most 
of what cops do, but if you talk to any cop, they will tell you the vat, like, what did they do more of in their job? Point their gun at someone or get a homeless person to move from in front of a store. It's going to be 10,000 to one getting a homeless person to move from a store, not pulling their gun on somebody. Yeah. And, and the funny thing and is... Just fundamentally, is that... like what we're watching in this opening number is this is most of police work, this kind of activity. And it's insane that this might be the first time I've seen a homeless encampment clearing operation depicted on a cop show. Like I no, I'm seriously trying to think. Have we ever seen that? Well, you might see the odd thing of some guy sitting in front of a store or whatever, but no, most of the most of them, no, not even in criminal minds. Nope. And they have dealt with a number of homeless encampments. I've even seen shows dealing with homeless encampments. And what I haven't seen is scenes of the cops just coming in and rousting everybody and trashing their stuff. Now. What I will say, not in defense of the cops for doing it, but what are they supposed to do? This is what they've been told, right? This is what oh, they yeah. have to do. And, well, and I mean, there's they, a whole comp, there's a whole scene about the fact that even, that all of the cops recognize, hey, this accomplishes nothing. They're just going to move to other somewhere else in the city, and then in a month we're going to go kick them out of there because that way the people think we're doing something. Well, yeah, here's yeah, and this is this is the point. They just move them into another cop's territory, and those cops roast their their the homeless people after a while. And as they say, they're just going to be back in a couple of weeks. Well, honestly, and I, I was you can understand. This, I was literally just watching this video about L.A. and like the war between the L.A. Sheriff's Department and the L.A. Police Department over essentially moving the homeless encampment back and forth, encampment back and forth across this border. Of whose jurisdiction it is. Yeah. And it's like, this is a huge part of what cops do. And yes, it might be crazy to say it, but maybe Cop Rock is the only show that ever addressed this? I Yeah. Well, I mean, people, if people are listening, the people who are listening. If you know of another show that like has a scene of a whole bunch of cops rousting a bunch of homeless people and then the show acknowledges that this is just cruelty for its own sake because the the taxpayers of Los Angeles expect the cops to be cruel to homeless people you know but won't accept money being spent on social services then please tell us that no this is but we would this love to hear about it but you know what this is too but this is what is part of the demoralization of the police force. Oh, yeah. If this is what they're doing so often, right, it is demoralizing. And you see the one one cop. And, and of course, we see a dead... Yeah, I mean, we'll talk one about that the over the course of the dead. episode, right, of Rose's partner. Yeah, and we, we see what he try, what he's but trying to... We'll talk to about that over the course of the episode. Yeah. I mean, this is this is part of part of the problem, right? Is that if you don't understand, and we could go, we could spend a whole hour just <laughs> talking about how all of this has happened and mm -hmm. its relationship to politics and its its relationship. Cough, to cough, Reagan right. shut down all of the ah. mental institutions. Yeah, they shut down. I mean, that was part of a big part of what happened because who's supposed to? There was no place for them to go. Nope. 
that was the problem on often their families kind of didn't want them back and um then there aren't enough sort of uh homeless shelters nope. or places for them to go and and of course you can't have a place for them to go because the whole person the whole point was to get them out of the mental institutions because they were being forced to take their drugs and the rest of it and i mean there was a whole thing that started in the 70s, and we can blame some of this on Foucault, there's no question about that, that that is a driving, the intellectual, the intellectual driving force yep. for doing all of this. And then there was Thomas Zaz, who says there isn't any such thing as mental illness. It's yes. all sociological, de sociologically determined. And the movement is that, well, you know, we're, and in this part of it is true, that we are, as a society, as societies, all societies, not all societies, I shouldn't say that, but as societies, we do not do well with difference. Nope. I mean, this is at the core of so much of what we're going through now, but it is that societies work best when they are cohesive. Yeah. And there's only a few people, and there is a co cohesive understanding. And... Once you start saying, well, no, and I'm not saying it's right. No. I'm just saying that. It's, yeah, a, it's a true issue about the way society is organized that we that we really should look at figuring out a way through. Yeah, because what happens, and of course, Foucault did the same thing for friggin' prisons. Mm -hmm. I mean, so Foucault has, is sort of the intellectual driving force of the latter part of the 20th and now the, the early part of the 21st, 21st century. Yeah. I just took down, I just took down, I just photocopied a, an article, Foucault and blah, 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 blah. I don't know. I'm going to read it. Yeah. Um, because it's related to what I'm doing, but it is, um, but yeah, I mean, it, he's not that difficult to understand. It's just French turned into English. Gets there are kind plenty of, of primers you can read if you want to learn more about this. Yeah, but there are, but it is the, it is this, like I have this little thing on mental illness upstairs. It's, it's yeah. maybe a 70 page, 80 page. It was printed as a book. Yeah. I, that, a treatise know. or monograph. Mm -hmm. You know, and it's just, and what happens, I don't, I really wonder. You know, if this is the world he envisioned when people started writing about and following, and it's the same thing with, um, oh, the guy, the pedagogy of the oppressed, right? Yeah. I mean, I, yes, I like his stuff, but it is problematic, very problematic. I mean, and I wouldn't have said that 25 years ago. Well, and I want to remind everybody that you know, aside from the philosophical underpinnings, which are really interesting, this is a specifically big problem for Los Angeles because, mm -hmm. and this is something that does get talked about a little in uh, the media, but not as much as it should, the way that a huge section of the Midwest deals with its homeless issue is putting them on a bus to Los Angeles. Oh, I know. That... I mean, and that is, it's a problem, you know, and I really wonder, you know, sometimes about places like, uh, like I remember, and that was in the nineties when uh, Ralph and I went down for a conference in, uh, San Francisco. Yeah. 
And the homeless situation there, you know, was was bad as well. Yeah. You walk the streets and it was. Sometimes you know, they put them on buses to San Francisco, too, because fundamentally they know that it were. I mean, I, I hate to say this, but the fact is the people who run these cities know that if the citizens of their city see a bunch of homeless people frozen to death every year, they're going to yeah. start voting for somebody else for mayor who'll do something about it. And so their solution is send these people to California where at least they're not going to freeze to death. Yeah. Like, it's upsetting to say it that simply, but that is the amount of thought that goes into it. You know, it, it is, and it is to some extent unconscionable. And bringing all of this stuff up, I mean, oh, I tell you. Um, no, we don't want to go into that, but no. this, but this, no, I shouldn't say that because that's what this episode is all about. Yep. And of course, it opens with the song. It opens with the song. And then, so let's move forward. So it opens with the song. Oh, then we move into, uh, you know, Vincent dealing with his his emasculation at the hands of the lawyer who just doesn't understand how, like, a woman can, you know, so compartmentalize her life and thinks that, you know, again, doesn't can't understand being the secondary person in a relationship. That's just not how he thinks relationships are supposed to work. Well, no. I mean, he's he's the man. Yeah. And then Sid comes in and says, we're going to have to do a, uh, essentially, see how you handle yourself on the stand. Right? We're going to have to do a fake trial thing. We're going to have to do a, a test trial, see how you handle yourself on the stand. All right. And then we get back to our, I can, why can I never remember the the lady cop who's married to the forensic guy's name it's terrible well, let me go to let, let me yeah, you you put imdb up yeah right okay. so we're gonna have to go into this episode what's her name oh yeah uh okay, yeah, actually you can just go to the main page of cop rock because it'll have everyone's names there yeah. i know i'm lo I'm looking here terry is her name trish yes oh. trish Vaughn. yeah and yeah, yeah no they go no. no, it's Ruskin. It has to be Ruskin. It can't be Trish Vaughn. Okay. So who's oh. this is why you oh, go I to the main she's... page because it shows you who's in every episode. Yeah, but she's in this episode. So... Yes, I see who's in every episode. You don't go to the episode listing, you go to the show listings. Anyway, you go to the main cast of the show and it tells you who's in every episode. And that's where yeah. you're gonna find the name. Yes, but I have it here. Terry uh, but no, does his name is her husband's name, the court, like the sort of coroner. Yeah. No, is the, 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 the friend's guy. His last name is Ruskin. Okay. And then the female cop's last name is Vaughn. Okay. So has uh, she the important like thing, her name is Vicki Quinn. I don't know. I don't know what you're doing. The character's name is Vicki Quinn. Let's move on. Okay. Uh, so she's Vicki. Yes, that's Sorry. what I said. This is it's a, and it took in the time it took me. You could have just clicked on top cast, the way I kept telling you to. I don't know okay, what the there hell it is. you were cast, thinking about. I see. Never mind. Yeah. I had gone to the episodes. Yes, I um, had the. Episode she and her about. husband do not have the same last name for I think kind of obvious reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yes, uh, Trish is of course the lawyer. Yes. That's it. Trish is the lawyer. Nice. That's why she's also in almost every episode. So, 
as I was saying, <laughs> Sorry. it's okay. It happens. Uh, uh, right. Um, she gets shot. They are having yeah. someone is making a fuss in an insurance company and her partner. Right. Uh, yeah. Her partner is Andy Campo. Right. Is yeah. that's his character's name. I've got it open now. So I know. Uh, is dealing with the woman making the complaint, and she should be keeping a closer eye on the guy who's complaining, but she's not because it's a harmless-looking old man. And before they know it, he's pulled a gun and she gets shot in the leg. Accidentally. Completely. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, yeah, he didn't even seem to mean to pull the trigger. But she's going to be fine. Her husband rushes down to the hospital. And then we go back to the uh, the clearing of the homeless people where we get the... Uh, uh, where we get our cop finding a dead body. Yep. Oof. That's a rough one. Uh, finding a dead body, and, uh, let's face it, not, not dealing the best with it. No. Right? Uh, and of course, dealing with this week's, uh, guest star, David Pamer. Yeah, nice, eh? Oh, David Pamer's so good this week. Yes. Oh, always. He's so good. Right. And dealing with David Pamer. And then we get uh, Andy bringing uh, Vicky, right, uh, some roses. And we get his song about how he loves her. And uh, and this is where we get into the situation where obviously we don't know what he uh, that's the subtext of what he's saying to her. He's not actually confessing his love to her, but it's the subtext of whatever conversation they actually have that her husband overhears. And of course this is uh, this means it's going to be it's going to be rough. And he and of course he takes it exactly the wrong way. Oh yeah. Cuz it doesn't matter what the partner Andy what thinks. Andy says it matters what she says and what she feels and what she wants to do. Yeah, and that's where the problem lies. Oh, is there a problem which we're going to get to in the next episode? Yeah, next episode we'll we we will follow up very well because yeah, this is a show you could not watch out of order. No, no, not at yeah. all. Yeah, I can't put it up out of order either. No. All right, then we get uh, Vincent's a little uh, chat with the other lawyer and him uh, seeing that he's uh, not great under questioning. <laughs> nope, not gonna do it. Bop, out. Oh, but then we get, honestly, one of my favorite songs, Vondi Curtis Hall's song about how to, how to treat a woman. That's so good. It's <laughs> such a good song. <laughs> oh, Ronnie Cox is so good in that scene, and it's such a good song. Oh, I love it. Oh, and then we get the most tragic scene in the episode, which is... Uh, Rose's partner trying to make a difference. That was so sad. Oh. Because he honestly thinks if he just, like, treats somebody like a human and, you know, tries to connect with them, and he's like, here's the steps you could take to get your life together. And he, like, he honestly has never had any experience with people who have mental illness. And yes. he, he just doesn't understand it. Oh, no, he's, like, he's so trying to do the right thing. No, and the right thing would have been just to say, okay, 
you can come, you can, and, and I'll buy you lunch yeah. and all of that sort of stuff. And if you ever need me, here's my card. I know. And, and, but that is not going to happen because he thinks everybody who's homeless is only homeless because they don't have a job and because they don't have all of those yeah. uh, helps that mm-hmm. people would normally have. and Yeah, he doesn't have a safety net around him. And if the city's yes. not going to provide them and he doesn't have family to help him, he doesn't have the city to help him, but he's like, there's steps you can take. Yes, and do these things and go take a shower and go get, you know, and some you know? clothes. And then finally what he does is just give, pays, pays for the food and the meal and, yeah. you know, now this has, And accepts hmm? that he can't do anything. Yeah. And just accepts that he can't do anything. Well, yes, except that he doesn't really accept it gracefully. No, he doesn't. No, he's very upset by the fact that this guy won't yeah. um, react, you know. And, and and he's like, and he and we're seeing this character gradually understand how his partner, you know, Frank Rose, sees the whole world and is like completely disconnected from it. You know, yeah, because as I disconnected said, from the people he interacts with. And I think that that's what the show is trying to say. You've got, you know, di- you know, what's his face? Yeah, the partner just demoralized. Yeah, completely. It's a crumbling trying- system and they are like, it's a system designed to fail everybody. Yeah. And these are the guys who are just essentially standing at the edge of the, right, just manning the, the what do you call it? the velvet ropes around this place that has been completely abandoned by capitalism. Oh, and it is not, I mean, it is not a good picture. It is showing of of society of cops. And, but I mean, to its credit, it does show us the manipulation that is going on. Oh, 100%. Yep. Now, uh, then we get another fantastic uh, LaRusso scene where, so he's bad at being questioned. And they're like, and Sid is like, here's the problem. We can't keep you off the stand and you freak out when you're questioned and it's deep down ingrained in you that you don't like to be questioned. There's no way around this. So the only other thing we can do is make the public love you so much it doesn't matter how badly you do on the stand. Yep. And then we get another song. I think it's kind of a banger with the image consultants. Ah, these oh. are the second set of image consultants. Yep. I know. And I love- By the way, I think what does that say about this show's view of policing, law and order, uh, and of course, most of all politics, that in just six episodes, we have had two different songs about image consultants telling people how to manipulate the public's opinion of them. Yeah. That's I mean, this, crazy, this, right? Oh, yeah. That's that song, the that whole, the dance routine, the oh. song and everything else was just... Yeah. Um, well, it was a brilliant one. I, I, I was watching it this time and just going, oh, my, those dancers were really good. It's a great, it's a great number. Fun. Unbelievable. Like that particular, like I was watching the last woman, the woman who was and with her heels and as she slides 
I know. On the table. All the way down and the table. One smooth move. Like it's a complete smooth. A single motion. One shot. One shot. She moves and into her chair. Yep. And I'm just going, oh, jeez. The rehearsals. And they were, and I just want to point out, they were doing one of these shows a week. I know. But that, that I tell you, I was so impressed with that move. Yeah. I, it, it just sticks right out. I'm just watching. Oh, I could never in my wildest dreams have ever done anything like that. Yeah. And then we get the, uh, whew. The scene, uh, the scene of Gaines demand. Sorry, Ruskin. Uh, the scene of Ruskin demanding that uh, Vicky be reassigned and given a new partner, and the captain dismissing him completely. And we get his like just just tragic song about losing his wife. And I'm like, yeah, you're treating your wife as an object who you don't respect at all. Yeah, well, this is all in your head, Ruskin. It is. But but you see, but this was set up in the first episode. Oh, absolutely. Where he says, I don't know why she chose me. Yeah. Like like you already know he's massively insecure, mm-hmm. although it's clear to us, the audience, that she's not going to leave him no. because she wants the security and everything else. She has that song. Yeah. So it's set up that... He is massively insecure, so this doesn't come as a surprise. No. Um, but his his poor wife. Oh God, his poor wife. Well, we'll get into that next week. You know, and <laughs> the what, next what? episode. Yeah. And is is this where the where the captain says, "Did she ask for a transfer?" No. Yeah. Well, then. And what's the problem? Yeah. And what's the problem? Yeah, exactly. Because again, he respects his officers' decisions. Yeah. He's not going to come in and make changes based on something her husband said. No. Then we get uh, the the mayor and <laughs> the chief off on their date in the ma- their cowboy date in the mountains. Yeah. <laughs> we find out she's a forty five year old virgin. And he's just so thrilled that she's kept herself for him. I know. <laughs> The perfect way to end a horrible episode. Oh my god. <laughs> uh, but then, but that's not the last thing that happens. The last thing that happens is how Vincent is going to uh, how Vincent is going to get the people to love him. Yeah. The radio show. Yeah. Which is such a good scene. Yes. Like, the radio show is such a good scene because, and I mean, I'm going to ask you something. All right. Okay. So so what happens if you're not watching these with us, and you should be, it's a magnificent show. Yeah, it's a lot better than, like, I I, I always think it is o- It is a show that is only known by its reputation yeah. because almost nobody watched it. But yeah. anybody and- who watches this show un- you know, remembers how special it was. Oh, no, I remember that, but I also remember, as I would think of it, would go, yes, but it was just quirky and, well, go listen to when we were talking about it in the beginning. Yeah, we Um, didn't realize how hard-hitting this was. This was hard-hitting and this was good, and the music stands up pretty much, I would say, 90% of the time. I'd agree with that. 5%. And um, 
there's only a few songs I'm going, oh, yeah, you know. Yeah. Um, but so, so the, and you can't fault them when you're writing music for, for this Five kind of Five songs a week. Come on. It's tough. Yeah. And that have to be, that have to be politically relevant. They have to be personality relevant. Yeah. And situationally relevant. And it's not easy. No, that it would not be easy doing these. But I do, I am happy that they kind of shortened. Yeah. I think the only ones earlier on that we complained about, it was that they went on too long. Yeah. And no, in the show, the and, songs are brisker by halfway yes. through the run. Yes. Like the only song that was a full length song this week was the opening song, which yes. has to be because, you know, it's setting up everything that's going to go on with the cops this week. But the interesting thing with the, with the radio show, too, when he's doing that, right? And then there are these guys that are going to back him up, right? Okay, well, and no, this is what I'm about to ask you. So he does a great job with the first call, and then we get the second caller, who is essentially there to say, you know, it's like, it's good that you shot a black guy. And yeah. my question to you is, and this is how I interpret it, I want to know if this is just me. Earlier in the episode, the image consultant is talking about how we get people to like you. And one of his solutions is they stage a robbery in a convenience store and have the fake robber escape out the back and you're a hero. Yeah. Right? And of course, he's insulted by the idea of this because he's an actual cop. My question to you, was the Nazi who called in a real caller? Or was that the, the image consultants giving him the perfect call to completely undercut the assumptions in the black community that he's a racist cop. I guess you hadn't thought about that. Okay, no, I'm, I know I am thinking about a response because no, I don't know that I, no, I don't think I ever thought that that was a setup. I know, but, but I, I want, and I'm sure I didn't the first time, but watching it this time, I'm like, maybe. I think there's a chance it might be a, it might have been a setup. Only way it could have been a setup is, is if Vincent didn't know. No, no, he wouldn't have known. Okay. No, I don't think Vincent knows. I think his, I think his reaction is honest. I just yeah. think the call might have been a setup. But I don't know that it would have needed to, like they would have needed to do the setup. Well, no, but I'm just saying they would have juked it to make sure they get the call they want. Like, because they trust him to say the right thing, I'm saying maybe they made sure they get the call they need so he'll have the chance to say the right thing. See what I'm saying? No, I see what you're saying. I'm yeah. just wondering whether that would have been... Ne almost necessarily because you would have gotten a lot of white white done white yeah, you might have gotten an, yeah i'm just you saying i look at how way. i look at how controlled these people are and i look at how manipulated these people are yeah. and i feel like they wouldn't take a chance that they would get the right call i feel like these are people who would not take a chance like hope they get the right call i think they're the kind of people who would make sure well, they would well it's not the only right hope they call. get the right call but but then they have to hope Vincent gives the right answer yeah whereas i think they're comfortable with him saying they'll get the right answer there all right so that's the end of the episode no, 
it's, an inter it's an interesting possibility. It's an interesting possibility that there, there's no answer to on the show that I know of. No, right? there, there is not because it does yeah. turn down anything that is going to be manipulative of his his sense of himself as a cop. He yeah. still thinks of himself as a cop. Okay. And then we get the first um, obvious comedy thing. Uh, well, like, uh, like the, the biggest comedy thing in the history of the show uh, so far, right? The second episode starts. Uh, this is episode seven. Yeah. So, at the end of the briefing, of there was a catchphrase on the uh, the show, Hill Street Blues, right? Yeah. Which was the very much the thing that Bochco did before this, and a bunch of people worked on, including David Milch, and they would go on and team up to make NYPD Blue a couple of years later, right? And the... the I'm, I'm already laughing. Uh... They would explain the situation of what's uh, going on. It's like they would do the the scene where all of the cops find out what's going on in the city today and where they're going to be patrolling. And he would end the line with, let's be careful out there. Yeah. Right. And that was James B. Sicking who said it every week. Yep. And so they do a four minute musical number about, you know, the days policing in the city called Let's Be Careful Out There. Yeah. And at the end of it, James B. Sicking is there. Yeah. <laughs> as his character from Hill Street Blues. <laughs> like, it's just such a weird way to start the show. But I mean, it is. It's saying that this show is handing off the look at realistic copdom from Hill Street Blues to cop rock. And yeah. they're making that explicit statement. And yet we have to wrap our heads around the fact that yeah, but you're handing off, you know, being the most gritty and realistic cop show to a musical. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I, I honestly, and the the more I watch it, the less the songs bother me. I know. At all, period. Like I no, I've got no criticism anymore. No, like we, we, that's just the thing. You and I, you can go back to years of this show. Whenever Cop Rock came up, we were like, if only it didn't have the songs. And it's like watching it this time. I'm like, no, the songs were great. Yeah, this this song. America was just, I'm just going to say it. America was just too cowardly to watch this show. They couldn't get over themselves. Yeah. And that's it. Yeah. They didn't want to be the kind of people who watched a cop musical. Well, you know what? You missed the best show of 1990. Well, it was 1991. 1991. Sorry, thank you. Yeah. Sorry, I'm watching it. I have it up here. Um, yeah, it 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 is the the cop show part of it is. Um, well, no, it was 1990, 1991 season, and it didn't make it into the second half of the season. Technically, but anyway, that's not important. It's a great show, is what we're getting yeah. at. Yes, it's a great show. It's, it's a truly great TV show. All right, so now we get the follow-up to uh, this is what happens if you're a cop who testifies against cops because LaRusso's uh, partner comes in with a uh, die N-word notice he got at his home. And the the casual the casualness with which we would see the N-word depicted on television 
in the past is kind of bracing to the people of today. <laughs> like, it's not like people weren't showing it as a horrific insult. They were, but it was presented. Yes. And I, I mean, I've had to, I've, I've had, I had that when it was, when it was one should never, ever, ever use the word. Yeah. And it, I, I had a student give a, a, a talk, right? Yeah. And she should have picked a different topic because mm-hmm. she was too wrought and, Oof. About it, but I'm going. If you don't, if you don't show just how these words are used, I talk about. Well, it was like in my class a few weeks ago. I talked about the wife beater, right? Yeah. Because I said, you know, we're talking about this business of uh, intimate partner violence, as opposed to, you know, and I'm just going, yeah, okay, but it doesn't get the grit. And you don't understand why people are complaining. Yeah. You know, like people today, because once they've been born, when sort of the N-word was taboo, Mm -hmm. it's pretty hard to understand. The pervasiveness. The pervasiveness and what it did. Yeah. You know, and this show. The pervasive dehumanization. Dehumanization it is. And this guy is showing it, right? Yeah. And so we've, I, I don't know. It's it's good. Yeah. That they, I mean, the thing is, you have to handle it. Well, and I'll go back to NYPD Blue again. Like, by having characters be able to put your N-words in there when it was necessary to make a point, you're able to do a series of really important episodes about Andy having to face the fact that he's a racist. Yeah. For sure. And it's like, and you have to make it as bleak as possible to get there. But, man, I don't know that you could do that today. Yeah, there's there's a lot of things because you have, oh, oh, (laughs) I I don't want to go, I go down this road. I know, I know, I know, I know, I know. I'm going, no, I mean, seriously, it's not a big, it's just, you know, I think about this and I talk about this and by the way, I've run into a, a comedian called um, Fluffy. Have you ever seen him? No, I haven't. Okay, his name is, I think, Gabriel Iglesias. Oh, yeah, I've heard Gabriel Iglesias. Okay. Okay. And he called, he's Fluffy. Well, he's very heavy. So yes, he's no, no, I'm, a... I'm familiar with who you're talking about now. I just, I okay. was not aware of the nickname Fluffy. Okay. Well, Fluffy is the, the level. If, okay. So I, I, I ran into him a couple of nights ago. Sunday night. Yeah. And I'm I watched his one because he went to India. Okay. Okay. And I'm sitting there, and this relates to the this idea that we're talking about, but so he was going to India to do some shows. Right. And um so he and he said he starts talking about how all these people are saying, Well, you know, you don't drink the water. You know, and you have to be careful about, uh, um, you know, people robbing you and you have to be all of this stuff. Right. Yeah. And I'm sitting there going, yeah, that's what everybody told me when I went to Mexico. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm wondering. And and sure enough, doesn't he say, and he's going, geez, I heard this before. Who have I heard <laughs> this before? Right? Yeah, this is the way they tell you 
when you go to Mexico, the same yep. thing, right? Um, all his friends were calling, well, you know, you shouldn't go to India because blah, 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 yep. blah, blah. And um, it is so endemic, the other. So you, mm-hmm. you it, it's as if you have to create others. And it makes you, when you are trying to deal with these issues yeah. of the other and the creation of the other, I cannot, I have to be so careful sometimes because I I do believe that if you don't allow, if you don't, it, it's a question of calling things out. Yeah. But it is not just calling it out. It's out. You have to explain what the problem is here, that this mm-hmm. humanization, and it moves from one group to another. Of course. And it is, um, and that's the hard one to get over. And you would, oh, you know, you we, you try different things and uh, the unintended consequences. I'm just dealing with coercion and all sorts of stuff and consent and jinx like that. And the unintended consequences are not always good. Mm-hmm. If we are living in the early part of the 21st century with some very negative consequences. And I, I grant you the Internet is a problem. But oh, it's a big problem. Never mind. Yeah, it's a big, big problem. And there are, but the fact that they don't teach history in schools and stuff like that all feeds into it. Yeah. So you just get people say things before they ever think about the consequences of what they're saying. Mm-hmm. They force things. Anyway, we'll talk. That's going to come up again. Let's get back to this. Let's get back to this. All right. So Andy Andy comes, uh, right, and talks to Vicky's husband about, you know, it's like essentially, do you have a problem with me? Because he's heard about, you know, him going to see the captain and essentially uh, blaming him for for Vicky getting shot, that he's neglected his job, which isn't true. Exactly. No, no. She. It was her job. He was dealing with the complainant. It was her job to keep an eye on the other guy, and she's the one who didn't keep a close enough eye on the guy who turned out to have a gun. It's as simple as that. Yeah. Like, she's the one who screwed up. Uh, yeah. But he's going around saying that Andy got his wife shot, and yeah. he doesn't think they should be partners. And like, do we have a problem? And he essentially repeats that he doesn't want the guy seeing his wife. Like, yeah, the problem has nothing to do with the fact that his wife got shot. Yeah, no, no. That's, that's you know, the, that is just a cover he is using Yeah, for his real problem with Andy, as we've established time and again through these scenes. Oh, and then we get the song about how you can't trust a rat. That was just, oh, that was so hard. Oh, the cops sing. And it's like, again... It's just the scene where we've seen it a hundred times of a guy sitting there where all of the cops won't look at him, won't talk to him, make their snide comments. And it's so much more powerful if it's all of these cops sitting there, just openly singing to each other about how you can't trust a rat while he's just sitting there unable to do anything but sit in a spotlight of of what they're talking about. Their, Their hatred. Yeah. And it doesn't help that he's black. No. Oh, God, no. That and, said, there's plenty of other black cops who are involved in it. Oh, yes, there are. 
Yeah. There are. There's, there's, that's no question. There, are, but mm -hmm. we will talk about. You know, we can talk about the blue line. Yeah, the thin blue blue time. line. It doesn't matter. Time. Yeah. You know, um, that if you want to be part of the whole, you have to become like the whole. Exactly. Like you and, have to give up any identity you have other than cop. Yeah. Right. You are a cop. That's all you are. Well, you are a cop blue. first. You are everything else second. Yeah. And to a certain extent, you're not anything else. But that's another conversation. <laughs> yes. That's a different conversation. <laughs> all right. So then uh, Vicky comes back and she is welcomed back, uh, mm -hmm. which is nice. Right. Uh, and of course... Her husband is not psyched about her being back and considering going back on the street, and he's being controlling. Meanwhile, the mayor's assistant might have to quit his job because he's going to be outed. Yes. And this is a this is a big thing that there were so many stories about in the eighties and nineties. Oh yeah. And it was a, like it was the biggest debate. It really was. Like, do you have a moral response? Like, in the fight for gay liberation, do you have a moral duty to be out? Right? Or do you have the right to privacy? Yeah. And the thing is, it's and the show it very much is on the line that these this guy should not be forced to come out. Yeah. Right? That that was the side of the line I was on. Oh, yeah. And, and I agree with that. But I've always been able to understand where the outers were coming from. Yeah, no, like I, I, I can understand it, but you are, but that's just part of my, yeah, everything else I deal with, you I know, know right? you just can't, you cannot do this. People have to find their own way yeah. to, to making difficult decisions because we get the whole difficult decision that he has to make. Well, especially because, like, it can cost you your job. It can cost you your life. It can cost you your family. And his problem, but his problem is, is that it will cost the mayor, who yeah. he has been serving for years now. A Republican for, mayor who wants to be a Republican governor. Yes. Right? Yes. And it, it could will, cost her her job. And it, she Well, just, no, I mean, she might lose, no, yeah, she might lose, lose the, the election. election. Yeah. yeah. If she is seen... And, supporting. I mean, and that's extra horrific because it's like he is he is supporting the very people who are oppressing him. And we can talk about that later. Well, yes, but that is. But, you know, and that's what yeah. makes people who are out so crazy. Like it is. I mean, it's a it's a problem. It's it's yeah. a problem. I tend to feel that it is so difficult. Yeah. In to, to state those things and you have to be in a certain place in a time and willing and willing to take all the slings and arrows that yeah. come at you. And, and then we can talk about the other uh the whole issue of uh white gay men who want to uh get gay marriage, get legal protections, then pull the ladder up behind them and start screwing over uh black people and trans people. That's a whole other conversation. <laughs> Shall we have Another Buddy Cole talking about how now how awful it is that queers have become respectable. Well, it's, but I'm sorry, most most of most of most of the queers that I knew, right, yeah. and 
you know, while I did work with people who were on the street mostly. Yeah. Um, I did I but then again I had I had my lots of respectable gay Yeah, of course. Queers, friends, right? Yeah. And they were so happy at the possibility of being able to get married. So many of them were and it wasn't just HIV and AIDS that did it. Yeah. Right? There comes a point when having 10 sex partners a night just loses its it, its appeal it, yes its appeal right people age out of that yeah people age out of it right and so yeah. i'm talking about people who were around my age right and they were you know and they were in committed relationships already yeah so that was their fight mm-hmm. to become just like everybody, everybody else I, everybody yeah. else right there's no reason why I should be treated so differently. Like, and for a lot of people that may have come too fast for some, you know, but you you go, okay. Yeah. Because then they could be out. Not only that, they were out and they were in committed relationships and being in a government town, which Mm -hmm. Ottawa was. And the very fact that um, it was, pretty hard i mean they already if you had partners and you were in a committed relationship so a common law relationship even before the marriage thing went through yeah like the government always led the way sort of the unions always led the way to expanding uh benefits right all the time and this this happened with because we slowly stopped be getting just people who were off the street but you then got people who had relationships and then had and had children from a previous marriage who then had to figure out how they were going to be able to give custody to their partner if they weren't mm. married. And that becomes so that he could, you know, and how do you get him to adopt the children? Because of course the wife was out of the know, Yeah, that's that stuff legally right up until gay marriage happened. These were thorny legal issues. Thorny that, legal know, issues. I had one incredibly who, difficult to pierce. You know, who had blood transfusions until all of that was settled. Wow. He was dying, as I said, before the drugs. Yeah. And, but but he had to stick around until all the paperwork had been figured out. And everything had been figured out, and his yeah. children would, were happy. That's well, crazy, not happy, but, but his yeah. children knew that they would have stability. Because I understand. the last thing he wanted was his children in foster homes. In foster Oh, my God, homes. yeah. The horror of that. Or Oof. or his wife's family. Yeah. And I, I won't go into any No, no there's, there's no point. But yeah, so the yeah. issue they're talking about here, like now the whole concept of outing seems very basic. I mean, this yeah. is only, I mean, it's about time, John Travolta. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> But he's a Scientologist. I know. Scientology doesn't exist. <laughs> Admit gay people exist. No, they don't exist. God. Scientology <laughs> and Islam. <laughs> oh, yeah. And a exist. whole bunch of other ones, too. Don't, don't even. Yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah. But I mean, then again, like, so like you understand where she's coming from, uh, where he's coming from. But then the mayor's response is to. Say <sighs> No. No, no, not, not only refuse to let him resign, yeah. but to go to the guy threatening to out him. Yes. And Threat essentially threaten to deport the guy. Yeah. 
No, the guy's partner. Yeah, the, the guy's partner, yes. To yeah, deport said, the guy's partner. I happen to know he's illegal. Yeah. So, and we'll get him. What are they going to do? Yeah. We'll get him kicked out of the country if yeah. you don't drop this. And it's just the abuse of power. <laughs> well, except that, you know, she just yeah. told him no. I mean, she she is bonded with this man. No, she is. She is. She she loves this is like she loves her assistant. It's the, yes. the closest person to her in the world. She trusts his opinion. Completely. And implicitly. Yeah, no, I understand why she does it. It's just watching that casual abuse of power. Yeah. It's just and, so interesting to watch. And then Kendrick coming in to 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 explain to her. I've never brought this up and I'm not sure with anyone, but I'm not sure. But do you think he's gay? Yeah. <laughs> do you think he's gay? A little oh, I know, right? the chief. Oh, I love the, <laughs> the chief, chief so much. He's such a throwback. I'm just going to say it. Like, you know, RoboCop's my top five favorite movies. Yeah. I think this might be the best performance of Ronnie Cox's career. Yeah, like, what was that? I'm just watching him. Oh, he was in, uh, oh, he had that role, but he had the role. He plays slimy politicians all the time. Of course, yeah. He had that role in SG-1. Yeah, yeah. He was the evil, well. ma- the evil, like, vice president. He got to be vice president. He was the evil <laughs> senator, and then he became the evil vice president. Vice president or whatever. But anyway, he was fantastic. Uh, so then we get a scene into the cop, gar- cop, cop bar. Yeah. Where the... Uh, <laughs> Uh, where the lawyer has decided to come and see LaRusso again. Cause again, she really enjoys like uh, walking on the bad side of town with him, but entirely on her terms. And yeah. he's, you know, drunk and alone. And you see how frustrated he is to not be able to be part of the cop talk that's happening yeah. with all the other cops at the other end of the bar. And, you know, and so her her reaching out to him, even if it's controlling, is just he needs any connection. But meanwhile, a burning cross has been put on his partner's lawn. On Cross's lawn. And we get a fantastic song about how, no, about his wife singing, don't yep. put it out. People have to know what hate looks like. Yeah, I love that song. Oh, it's a good song. It's such and a good song. And then the captain uh, lays into the cops. Lays into the four cops who somehow all missed a cross being installed on the lawn and set on fire. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. And then we get, like, if you want to understand who LaRusso is, right? He the, the most important scene in the entire show, I would say, to, to understanding who Vincent LaRusso thinks he is, which is he comes to his ex-partner in the police station locker room and says, why didn't you call me? Yeah. If people are harassing you. <laughs> because which, he honestly doesn't know. He just doesn't get it. But it also follows. It. Yeah. And it follows on his statement in the radio interview. Yeah. Exactly. And he like, says, I would have come. Of course I would have come. You're my partner. I like any and he leaves him with a statement that it's like, whatever you think about me, even if you want to testify against me, if things are going down, you can always call me. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ever in danger, I'm I've always the guy you can call. I've always got your back. And you're like, this is what he thinks of himself. Yes. 
fundamentally. Yeah. And you kind of believe he would be there. Oh, I I know. He would never have gone and talked to him if he wouldn't have been there. He would. He would would have showed up and he would have gotten, he might have actually gotten mad at the other cops who weren't there. Exactly. I feel like he would have. Because he did, like, he has this belief in himself, right? As As the good guy. As the good guy. And that's all he can ever be. And yep. obviously putting a friggin' burning cross on somebody's lawn on is your not something lawn. the good guys stand up for. Yeah. It's it's messed up. It was, it really it, nobody, yeah. I mean, messed up, but very, 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 very interesting. Yeah. I, 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 I cannot say enough good things about the character development here. Oh, my God. This show oh. is so good. Then we get, uh, uh, then we get the fantastic, the fantastic scene, uh, where, um, where Franklin's partner, right, where Joe goes to, uh, find out what he's going to have to testify to. Cause remember, he's one of the guys who screwed up. It's easy to forget cause it never comes up on the show, but he's one of the guys who screwed up the search in the first episode, in the first which episode. is why Vincent executed the guy. Yeah. And so he thinks he's here for a friendly chat and he hits on the lawyer and they essentially expose him to the fact that he's going to be made to look like an incompetent moron and they're going to destroy him on the stand if he tries to testify. And no, then the lawyer hits, a... hits on him. Yeah, I know. And then he uh he gets a song about how he's an idiot. How he's an idiot, and then so then we get the follow up in the next episode. Yeah, the next episode is good, but it's just about his song with his complete lack of self respect. Yeah, and now we get oh, Andy and Vicky are back on the street, right? Yep, they are back on the street, and they are being followed. Ah, and they're being followed by her husband, Ralph Who has got a gun. Well, he has a gun. He's a cop. Yes. But the point is, he sees them going to a motel room. He doesn't think it's a call. So he kicks open the door, pointing his gun. And you're like, oh, my God, he was going to kill them. Yeah. And that is how much, you know, this is about toxic masculinity. Yeah. From 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 someone who is basically well, it just shows it, right? Yeah. Because this is a man who is so insecure in his relationship. Yep. You know that he like this is all in his head. Yeah, it's she's completely never in his gonna, head, and he'll he'll kill over it. it. Yeah, and, and I mean, and they make it so funny, right? Because what they've got in the bed is a yeah. Uh, uh, a, a, a doll? No, it's a, it's a. Is it? I a know, it's, it's hard to see because you only see it for a shot. Like here's like, literally one was... shot, right? Yeah. Of a guy. No, it's a guy, uh, dressed in women's underwear. Oh, okay. Never mind. Yeah. Who okay. had been making a fuss, and the cops had been called on him. Yeah. But yeah, like, and then. Uh, they, he, she, he and, uh, his wife, you know, just have this screaming argument. It's like, like, if you don't trust me, you don't value me. And I'm like, can we not talk about the gun? 
Yeah. Right? The show, like, is almost not accepting, but it's, like, understanding of the fact that he was, he was ready to kill them. Yeah. And I feel like it's letting him a little too easily off the hook for the fact that he was ready to kill them. Well, I thought so, too. In fact, I would think that they, well, they weren't going to report him, but they should have reported him. Yeah, they should have reported him. Although, again, because I, um, uh, what do you call it? Because I've watched so much uh, NYD Blue, uh, PD Blue now, I do understand that it is considered to be, like, the worst thing you can possibly do is, you know, call the number that says uh, you got to take a cop's gun away. Yeah. Like, that is the apparently the worst thing you can do. But. Uh, to a cop. But. But it's how many cops kill themselves, how many kill? cops kill their spouses. So you got to do it. But yeah, it's it's like the worst thing you can do because then you can't be a cop anymore is the idea in that world. Again, I'm not defending it. I'm saying this is the attitude these cops have. Uh, then we get uh, another scene of Andy and um, Andy and Ralph, right? Then we get another scene of Andy and Ralph and the Andy saying he's got to back off, right? And Ralph being unwilling to hear it. Yeah. And then we get, you know, the mayor telling uh, her assistant that he can say, which is genuinely a sweet scene. Yeah. Again, as much as I might bitch about the abuse of power, like, this is how much he means to her and this is how she can show it. Like, it's, it yep. is sweet. I'm not going to pretend it's not sweet. Yes, it might be an abuse of power, but... It it's was in kind a of good abuse. cause. It is for a good, <laughs> it is genuinely for a good cause, which, you know, you know, how can we occasionally be in favor of vigilantism without, you know, being in favor of this, right? Yes. Uh, then we get, uh, then we get Vincent, who's been, um, uh, to continue getting him out there, they've decided to have him speak before a bail bondsman's convention. That was, well, yeah, because somebody... Because they called to wanted to know if he would be willing to talk to them because, yeah, you know, be well because their speaker had their speed they had lost their speaker so they need somebody and they're like will he come and he's like I'll do it if I can decide what to say yeah because they were going to run the speech and he says no I'm going to say what I want to say and yeah so we and get and we, we get, get there him. and we get another stellar song oh yeah again about the concepts of masculinity and what we want out of a cop. Yep. A cop who doesn't shoot planes. Yes. All the sexual innuendo. That all, you, uh, yes. All the sexual innuendo. That goes along with that because you first, because he's going to introduce, there's these two girls that want to tell him. Yeah. Like the way they're introduced, it's just a girl band, right? Yeah, exactly. And but but they've written a song for you, right? Exactly. Here's so the, they'd like to, to yeah they'd like to introduce it. you in their own way, you know. And then Vincent speaks, mm -hmm. and the audience is just riveted and stands up. You can see Vincent is sucking this up. Yeah, he loves it. He loves the. This approval. is the first time he has seen, you know, this kind of support. This yeah, kind the, of adulation. like the unquestioning approval of him. Yeah. That he's okay. never had before. And he certainly hasn't had it. Well, no, but the thing is, what he's, it's, it's pointed, 
right? Because he was missing the approval. Because in that scene in the bar, when he's isolated from everybody else yeah. earlier in the episode, Franklin's telling some story about, you know, having to deal with some idiot, right? Yeah. And it's like, and this is, and everybody's cheering him on and laughing and enjoying the story. And it's like, and he can't have that anymore. And now he can, but only because he shot somebody. Yeah. And from a different group of people. And, and from, from a, a different, group. debatably worse group of people. <laughs> it's it's but, a very interesting scene. and But like you say, the song is so important because it's about the mixing of sexuality and masculinity and violence. And violence, yep. You know? <laughs> Like the the fantasizing about a violent man, and meanwhile, in the same episode, a guy almost killed his wife and her partner yep. because of jealousy. And later in the episode, you have a song singing about how much we love violent men. Yeah, like this show knows what it's doing. Oh yes, it does. Because the question is, why doesn't she leave him? Exactly, because we want a violent man. <laughs> Like, that just shows how much he loves her. Yep. Spoiler alert, 40% of all cops beat their spouses. Yeah, statistics are horrific. This is, it's it's a brutal thing to put in this episode, but that's how good this episode is. You know what's weird? Go. In my class and dealing with Susan Brownmiller, nobody, nobody has picked doing the section on cops. Really? Yeah, nobody. I mean, I've got a war. That's my favorite got, part of that book. You know, and and that was the one that really uh, hit it home because that was when the Phil Donahue show. Yeah. He had her on the Phil Donahue show. That opened my they, eyes. And, and the whole audience was cops. Yeah. Oof, and, um, Phil. And I cannot find a copy of it. I guess, you know, heaven knows if it was. I, I assume that must have been rough. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Oh, rough. and by the way, just for the record, uh, that 40% is the cops that admit to it. It might yeah. actually be higher. Yeah. Well, or get caught. No, no, that's this is surveys and admitting to it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's the, these are these are surveys. Uh, okay, on to the next episode where Vicky gets her song about why you know why do men have to be this way? Yes, which is a really good question. Yeah, <laughs> why yes. can't men be more like women? Really was, good question. And that's a really good. And that was a really good song as well. Oh, it's a great song. Yeah, you know, her and her fellow female cops, right? Yeah. Oh, you know, because, but then... and this echoes what he's doing is this echoes the my fair lady one yeah where higgins sings the why can't a woman be more like a man exactly that's exactly they flipped it around mm-hmm. and it it is a wonderful thing because that my fair lady that was the worst thing the worst thing about the movie and the play was that she ends up with him in the end i know with Higgins, that was just so bad because that's not George Bernard Shaw. No, that's that's she wants uh, nothing to do with Higgins, and she marries Freddie and yeah. starts up her flower shop, which is all yeah. she wanted in the first place. Yep. 
<laughs> no, they're not saying that she should. Uh, the book play does not uh, say yeah. that she needed to be changed. That's the thing. That's the thing. Yes. But yeah, the the change for your play and movie right, really suggests that she needed to be changed, and she's better off with this guy. And I'm like, I don't know that you're right about that. No, I think you might no. be missing the point here, guys. Yeah, no. The best song in that is is when when her father says he doesn't want to he doesn't want to he doesn't want to make money and he doesn't want to do all of those things because then he's going to have to do things like get married. Yeah. <laughs> you know, even though he's been living with this woman forever and she's like some people have some people have modest ambitions and you know what there's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> modest ambitions are nothing to be ashamed of. Yeah. All right. So then we get the voir dire scene, not voir dire scene, the uh not a voir dire scene where they're uh investigating the various potential jurors. Yeah. And uh and the DA dismisses someone for having been owning a store that has been robbed. Yep. And then we get uh, maybe my favorite line in the show so far, where uh, he, um, where Sid dismisses a social worker. She's like, why did I get dismissed? And he's like, because you have, based on our questioning, I believe you have Marxist leanings and can empathize with the underprivileged. Yeah. Like that's so fantastic. Because she was she was so upset, and the judge says, "Well, he's got a right." Yeah, you know. And then Sid just says, "Well, I will explain why I." I know. I'm I happy to explain why I dismissed you. Yeah, you're a Marxist. <laughs> oh, and then finally, eight episodes in, you know, we finally find out what can get Rose to care about something, and that is a child has been killed in a drive-by shooting. Yeah. And the cop in charge of the case doesn't care. <gasps> that was so hard watching the mother. Oh my God, that scene. The, where the mother comes and she just. Oh. Yeah. Oh. And, yeah. Mm -hmm. and the songs do the emotions. I mean, that's what's so pushing. So well. It wouldn't. And that's the funny thing. I'm watching this and I'm going. But if she had just been crying and fighting and everything else, it would yeah. not have had this. You could let it go more easily than giving her a minute 40 of a song oh. about grief. Yeah. It plays better. Like, you're right. It plays better I, than if it were just a cop show. I, I, it's it's really, more powerful. My second, my, this is my second time through. And it's, yeah. We always remembered this as great, and it's better than we remembered. Yeah, and and I'm much, I'm much more, mm -hmm. or no, I I was probably harder on the songs. In in the story and understanding why it failed. Yeah. Than I am today, because I'm going. No, I still think the songs are why it failed because, yeah. but I mean, we're putting it not on the songs really, but on the cowardice of the American viewing public. Mm-hmm. It was a cop shop. Yeah. Oh. oh, my God. Then we get. Uh... Oh, my God. Then we get a follow up with the mayor and uh, the chief of police, which I really liked. Uh, very good scene. And now we get oh something even better. <sighs> 
Vincent's partner goes to see, uh, walks out the door. And who's waiting for him? The Nation of Islam. <laughs> because they heard about the cross burning on his lawn. Yep. And they're like, well, if you can't trust the cops to help you, we're here. <laughs> mm -hmm. And the lead Nation of Islam guy, Tony Todd. Mm -hmm. Candyman himself. Our favorite. Yeah, And so then uh, he, of course, doesn't want to hear from them. His wife doesn't seem as sure that he, she doesn't want to hear from them, but he doesn't want to hear from them. Uh, but then she, he goes in to see Vincent's lawyers and they give him the speech, which is, look, nobody's going to have your back if you testify. Right? You know, if you testify against him, you know, the, the community isn't going to have your back because you were, right, a, a criminal got shot. The cops aren't going to have your back because you, uh, because nobody like this criminal got shot. The cops aren't going to have your back because you, you know, br uh, you turned your back on a cop. So who's looking out for you? It's it's a brutal scene. It's brutal. And they did it deliberately. He should have never gone. No, he shouldn't have gone to talk to them. No. Absolutely. But it's like after four cops refuse to protect him, cross burning, the nation of Islam shows up. You understand how this man is on edge mm -hmm. right so then we get uh oh my god here it comes we get the scene where the cop who's supposed to be investigating the drive-by shooting is getting drunk in a bar in the afternoon and we see that and he gets a song right he gets a song to joe you know once rose has left about how at the end of the day we can say we're all cops, but it matters who's white and who's black, and they're never they're never gonna be us. I know. Ooh, damn, that's a good. That is a good. I, again, seeing it so nakedly. Now that and they got away with it. Yep. Because it was a musical. Exactly. Like, think, I mean, I, I don't want to now decide I've, I'm against subtlety conceptually, but think this is so much more powerful than if you had to have this guy just be coy about his racism. Speaking of the bar, Ralph comes and takes a swing at Andy because he is spiraling. Yep. And everything is only getting worse for every character. And I'm watching this, and this is episode eight, and none of this is going to get resolved. We don't want to... No, this, let's try not to think about that. Right? This, You know, this is the cop show equivalent of Crusade. Yeah, we know. We know none of it's getting resolved, but, you know, we love watching it. Yeah. I know. And then getting pissed off at the end yeah. when it, when you never find out oh i know so the captain gets called in to uh to tell them what's what yep right to tell them what's what and tell them they can't be bringing this into the station anymore also he's you know in the most cliched thing imaginable but that is not a a road this show is afraid to go down he is told that his son has a piano recital today yeah. Because again, they're not afraid of cliches. It's cop rock. They know what they're doing. Ah, uh, right. And he tells them that they need to shut this up. 
right? It doesn't matter what they have personally. As long as Vicky wants to work with Andy, she's working with Andy. And the two of them need to stay the hell away from each other. Yep. And it's all he can do. Well, and now that Ruskin moves to another yeah. station. Exactly. That's the only other option, right? Yep. So then he says, uh, uh, let's, uh, his Vincent's partner goes and says, yeah, I'm not going to testify. Yeah. Poor, 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 you know, you just have to feel so sorry for Captain Hollander. Yeah. Well, no, but like the, the horrible thing is like, he goes to the, the, police rep and he's like how bad is this gonna get for me if i testify and the police rep is like it's gonna be bad yeah and the worst part is captain hollander hears that he's gonna testify right after the racist cop has come in and told him to keep rose off of the case so he's got a he's got a ton to deal with today yes and his son has music recital yes so it's like you understand how he's missing the music recital He's got a lot to deal with. Oh, but then he gets a song about, you know, wanting to be there for his son, and it, it works out. And then we get another one of uh, just the scenes I love, which is uh, Joe and Rose in the cop car, right? Just chatting. Mm -hmm. And Joe just trying to figure it out. <laughs> and this time it's about race mm -hmm. because it's the conversation about how could, you know, it's like, why is it that like when people talk to black, white people talk to black people, they always want to, you know, show how much they know about black culture. That's a really good scene. Like it really is about the casual racism of white people who try to show that they're not racist. Right, the the exclusionary feeling of it, like the way it, it the way it reinforces the feeling that these are two separate cultures negotiating with each other rather than just a bunch of people who live together. You know, it's a good point. Yeah, I really like this scene, and oh, Franklin, you know Rose's partner. He just wants, he just wants to do right. And he's so bad at it. It's like, do you just, is this not right? It's just not the right job for you. Because he really does seem like such a good guy and he just wants to do right. And he's just not, he's just not good at any of this. It's so well, frustrating to, to go, watch. He needs to go to Andy Griffith's town and replace Andy Griffith. Yes. He'd be a fine sheriff of Mayberry. Yeah. Oh, no, that's exactly it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So they managed to find the car that uh, was involved in the drive-by shooting. Yeah. Right. Uh, allowing Rose to bring him in. Which and then the, uh, the, the gangbangers get a song, which is pretty uh -huh. delightful. Uh-huh. And again, beautiful dance choreography. <laughs> and I know it's an obvious thing to point out, but uh, from the cinema, uh, the genius cinematography of this scene, which shows they were thinking about it, is right. When they film, I'll, I'll explain it to you. When they film the gang, 
the gang is exclusively filmed from the other side of bars mm -hmm. because they're trapped in a system. All of the white cops are shown with no covering in front of them. Yeah. But whenever they show Rose, it is filmed from inside the cage looking through the bars it had at him. So he is just as trapped as they are visually by the camera lens. It's interesting. Yeah. All the other cops get clean shots of them. Yep. Not Rose. Because he's just as much because it's it's racism trapping them in this system where all they can do is be gangbangers, and that same racism is trapping Rose, whether he wants to believe it or not. Yep. I know, I mean it just Oh, I tell ya. <laughs> Again, it's just using the visuals to do this. And then of course the uh the racist cop naturally Insults Rose one more time. Yeah. Because he can't leave well enough alone. But Joe manages to keep Franklin from punching him, so it all works out. And the captain essentially lets the racist cop know this would be a good time for him to put in his papers. Yeah. Just just get out of the cop business yeah. now. Because that way we won't have... Because he's essentially... Otherwise... Saying, we won't have to go out, uh, you know, go after you for not bothering to do your job if yeah. you retire. It's a... It's a very cynical look at cops. It is. It really is. Yeah. Then Vicky goes to confront her husband about how stuff has to change. Yeah, and, and, and so he says, look at me and tell me you don't want him. And she does. And he still yeah. won't believe it. No. no because he can't, cause again, he can't listen to her because no. this is toxic masculinity. Uh, yeah. He won't like he she does everything he asks her to do and he won't say it because he doesn't value her. He's not believing her and he's not as anything her. but an object. She's just this wife. Yes. She and is just this yeah. Run her around it doesn't matter that she's a cop. Nope. He Not doesn't her. respect her. No. Full stop. And you realize, oh, he never respected her. No, ever. And it's, and it's, it's a good look. I mean, it, yeah. it's a good look at it. Yeah, it is. It's I, brutal it, to watch, though. Of course it is. I mean, watching this, and you just go, yeah. I mean, this is, and the internet has just made it worse. That's what I'm going to, yeah. that's my line now. The internet has <laughs> made it worse. I mean, and then for a finale... We go to the cop bar where Vincent's partner is watching Vincent get celebrated on TV. Yeah. And Vondi Curtis Hall shows up to say, well, you know, you're going to have to make a decision. What you going to do? Oh, my God. It's so good. I, do, I don't think I'm overselling this show. No, don't we already have? But don't we? The trial hasn't started yet. No, that's next week. Yeah, that's episode nine. Right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's so good. Yeah. I, I know well, this is all we're saying over and over again, but it's it's so powerful. It's so ahead. effectively, like, it's so effectively done. Everything they're trying to set out, they're using the music to make their message more powerful and clearer. Yeah, and the visuals and everything else. Like, it's really, 
This I, is a I, show, like, at the top of its game, like, that is, the show is at the top of this game, being made by people working at the top of their game. Yeah, and I think that for sure this, huh, I, more people should be watching this show. 100%. Uh, it's all free on YouTube, everybody. Yeah. You, know, you can watch me. it right now. Yeah, because it is it, it is amazing to watch this 30 years. 30 years later, 33 years later. And thank God some company, I don't know what company did it, but some company, the only reason we have such good copies of this is it was released on DVD for its like 25th anniversary. Mm -hmm. Right? So you're able to actually see good prints of this. Yes. Like we're not watching fifth generation duplicated VHSs. These are good prints of the episode. It doesn't look gorgeous. It still looks fuzzy, but it only looks as fuzzy as it was when it originally aired. It was not shot on high def, you know? Oh, I mean, in our TVs, it looked good on our TVs. It looked great on our TVs, which our were, you know, 23 inches and, you know, the color was kind of fading. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, hey, the computer monitor you have on your laptop, that's only slightly smaller than our TVs were back in the day, Okay. Well, we had bigger. We had oh no, we had bigger TVs. But I'm just saying, there's times in our lives when we had 19 inch TVs. Yes, that's true. No, there's there's no question that yes, the, and yeah. the little TVs that you could pick up and move around. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah, later we had 20 we had like a 27 inch TV and stuff, but that was a big deal. Yeah, and I mean, to I be still fair, have, I still yeah. have a hot uh, a non-high-def television. Yeah, your old CRT screen. Yeah, and you can't you can't watch DVDs on it. No, no, that would make... It's impossible. Yeah. All right. So uh, we're going to wrap it up here. Um, yeah, but I mean, we, we've made it clear that Cop Rock is... It's fantastic. Mm -hmm. Like, it really is. And in a way, it's, it's more... Has more to say than NYPD Blue did. Well, this... Yes, and... You know, so to to give the the ABC or whoever was doing this a yeah. little bit of um, a break on our being nasty about it because it was the music, um, but they but they did say that they would take it. Did they yeah. not see how negatively? Well, that's the thing. They knew how good the show was. That's the crazy part. The network knew how good it was. They just knew that they just saw America wasn't willing. Again, American audiences were too cowardly to watch a musical cop show. And that's why they said to him, just, you know, take six weeks off, come back in January doing the exact same show, but it's not a musical and you can have a second season. And he said no. Yeah. Because you... they knew this show was so good. Right. The writing was so good. The acting was so good. The plot was so good that if people got to watch it without the music, it would have been an NYPD blue level hit. But yeah. he said, no, the the show is what it is. We'll do something else later. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it is amazing how the music does enhance. The it show. really does. That's because thing. I can think I can think of some of the issues that we've looked at up to number eight mm -hmm. and and gone, 
Yeah, but if you replace the music with words, it wouldn't have the same impact. No, probably not. No, because when somebody sings something... You cut right through it. You cut yeah, through all of the subtext. You cut through everything right to the heart of the issue. Whereas, like, I'm thinking about the woman whose son was killed, right? Yeah. And, like, you know, that... You it, couldn't do anything, right, that uh, in that those 100 seconds to get us on that into that woman's head and on that woman's side as effectively as that, as that song does. Yeah. And it's as simple as that. That's why the musical is so powerful. And that's why it's such an enduring genre. Yep. When a musical is great, it's the best way to connect uh, emotionally Your with audience. audience. Yeah. It just is. Yeah. All right. So um, one more week of this. We'll see you back here next week for the finale of Cop Rock. Episodes uh, 9, 10, and 11. Marital bliss, no noose. Marital blitz. Yeah, marital blitz. No noose is good is news. Is good news. And bang, bang the, the pot slowly. slowly. Oh, and then they have a, they have a text commentary track from the yeah. DVD uh, that you can watch when you're done the show. And it's all on the playlist. Because again, everything from the DVD is on this playlist. Yeah. We, All right, so we'll see you back here for that. But until then, if you have any questions, if you have any comments, if there's any profiling-related fiction you'd like us to check out, draw us a line at profilingcriminalminds at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. If you were listening to this on some sort of an app or podcatcher, please be sure to rate and review it. That's how people find the show. We're going to see you here back next week for the big finale of Cop Rock because we get real sad that this show didn't run forever. Uh, but until then... I'll say that's right. Au revoir. Have a good week.